Kapla, yeah. as we say on Spotcast. Right, Hemi? <laughs> That's right, Tim. Kapla. You can, catch, you can huh? catch every week as we cover <laughs> Star Trek Discovery on CBS All Access or Netflix or wherever it is you get from. You're on sometimes the Orville. Depends on whether they have an episode or not. And yeah, sometimes right. other stuff like The Walking Dead. So hey everybody, welcome to episode 167 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined by Hamel Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we have Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. All right, so let's talk about the elephant in the room first of all. I guess not the elephant in the room, but so are you guys going to be ordering an iPhone 10 on uh, Friday morning? I am. I already did my uh, pre-approval thing that Apple sends you for the upgrade, upgrade program. Oh, you're on the upgrade program? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I didn't know you were. I thought you were uh, a regular schmo. Nope, I use the upgrade program. Oh, okay. So uh, did you do that for the last phone too? Nope. This is the first time. The last phone was the first one I got on the upgrade program. Well, the uh, 7 or whatever you seven, have. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is my first time going through this part of the process. Right. Now, there was some question about whether or not you guys could get your phone um, right away, right? Or or do you just go into the queue like everybody else? Or like you get like you, you're, you get approved, you get some sort of coupon or whatever to be able to get the next phone based on yeah. where you are in the purchase cycle, It right? still says I need to be on there at 12.01 a.m. to actually do the order. Right, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out what ends up happening there. Um, what about you, honey? You're going through your vendor, right? You're... I will have everything available to me. So I use Verizon, so I'll have their website open and ready to roll. I'll have the Apple website open and ready to roll. And of course, pro tip, but by the time you listen to this episode, uh, it is far too late for you, so may the odds be ever in your favor. Um, I will also have the Apple Store, not the App Store, or the Apple Store app up and ready to roll. Open on your phone, yeah. I've already got the specific model and carrier and whatever else I needed uh, saved as a favorite. So I just need to go to the favorite, say add to bag, and then check out. So you can order your Verizon phone through Apple, like through the yeah. App Store, and and not through the Apple Store app. Uh, it's what I mean. Like, but you can, you can choose a well because I know I see I can buy a phone out. Uh, sorry, wait. Let's back up here. Are you buying the phone outright, or are you buying it on a plan? Uh, probably buying a. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me let me real time follow up here. Let me let me go into the Apple Store app. Yeah, because because let's so, see what it shows me here. Like if I want to buy a phone from the app, if I go into the retail store, I go to the Apple apps app store Apple Store app, then I'm paying full price for a phone, and I get to choose my carrier. Yeah. Right? So in my favorites, I have iPhone 10, Verizon, Silver, 256 gigabytes is what it shows me as my favorite, and I can't hit the continue button because it is not uh, midnight Pacific time on uh, Friday the 27th. Well, that's a good idea. I should try to see if I can. So you favorited the phone. I should probably do the same thing on mine. Yes. If you're not going through the upgrade program, I think you should go ahead and do that. Um, also, I was thinking of just making sure my um, billing information was correct. I, I was already considering getting a, a watch band, so I might buy that ahead of time just to make sure that that's okay too. Right, right. Yeah. So so for me, um, I'm going to buy, I have to buy a couple of models for the office. I'll, I'll be doing that at 301 uh, Eastern Daylight Time. Mm. Um, so I'll probably have to set an alarm to wake up for that. I, that's I bought my the eight as well, but I mean the eight. There was like 
nobody else buying eights on that day, which ironically, or the eight plus actually, I bought one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will be buying a 10 through Rogers website. And so Rogers has this uh, goofy page that you have to go to, to because uh, I'm a business client, I go to this one page and I, I have to uh, register for the upgrade thing. And currently it's it's like, if I want to go in and create an account right now, it will it, they will gladly give me a Google Pixel 2 phone. So they haven't even got the, the iPhone 10 set up. And I have a feeling that at midnight, they're not going to have the uh, the phone set up for me uh, to purchase, which is annoying. I think, but I, I do remember when I when I got my 6 Plus that I had to go through the same rigmarole. And it's one of these things where you go to this site and it's got like a username and a password. And, and I remember having issues with that. So I called Rogers the other day and I caught, got a hold of a business person and I said, hey, I'm trying to, I want to be able to make sure that, you know, there's not, no obstacle to me ordering a phone. What do I have to do? And how come I can't log into the site and I, I don't seem to have a username and password? So the gentleman and I tried a number of things. And then finally, we just concluded that, well, you're just going to have to try it three o'clock in the morning on Friday on Friday morning. So it's actually tomorrow night. Like today is Wednesday as we record, right? Tomorrow's Thursday. Mm-hmm. So it's Thursday at midnight that you guys are able to buy a phone, correct? Yes. Right. So it's Thursday. actually Friday they're on sale, right? Technically, yes. Yes. Yeah. I prefer saying 1201 on Friday because it's easier to tell people so they don't get confused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, slightly I confusing. I get it. But as far as sleeps go, it's like it's tomorrow's sleep. <laughs> not, not right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So is it, um, is it controversial to say that, uh, you know, no, granted, people don't know that this is going to happen. But in my opinion, if, if Apple was going to give any sort of preference, I'm okay with them giving preference to people on the upgrade program and letting them have first crack at it. Really? Thoughts? Well, since I'm on the upload up, upgrade program, I'm happy <laughs> too. But, but otherwise, I'm not sure it, it matters. I don't know. I, I'm kind of okay with first come, first serve as well. Like, to be clear, I, I will not benefit from this because I'm not on the upgrade program. Um, but when I think about it, I'm like, well, I wouldn't like it to be that way because you know, I, I don't benefit. But, um, you know, if you're a, a more of a steady customer by being and, and signifying such by being on the upgrade program, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with you getting a perk. That seems legitimate really? to me. Yeah. I don't know that everybody feels the same way, though. Well, I mean, so Mark just said that he has to be up at 1201, just like everybody else, and to pull the trigger. Like, it's not an automatic, like, it's not like he, he gets to fill in the form in advance and, and can go sit in the jacuzzi while his phone is ordered for him. That would be a sure. perk in my mind, right? I, I could but, sit in the jacuzzi at 1201. Yeah. That's true. If you, you know, Well, you have an iPhone 7, so it's waterproof, so you could do that totally. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I used to have a gentleman who, who worked at a, at a Rogers reseller who, um, my very first phones, he would basically, his store would order a number of phones and he always made sure that I got the first one. And that's kind of, you know, that was his way of, that was my perk from him because, you know, I, I was sort of the, the beta tester for the phones and I would help his cl- customers out with issues as, you know, as they got the first bunch of phones. But he left the company about three or four phones ago. And uh, so I've had to, I've had to join the pool like the rest of people. But um, yeah, I mean, it would definitely be a, a much, you know, more important of a, or more lucrative of a perk if it, yeah. like, you know, pre-ordered. Like it was delivered to me, let's put it that way. Like that's how well, it, well it, the range it was. I mean, I, and it was, he's just a great guy, right? Because he, he would do that for me, right? But, um, but now, yeah, I have to, I have to set the alarm and, you know, take my iPad with me to bed and, and which I, I normally don't take my devices to the bedroom with me. And, uh, you know, I'll have to set the alarm and wake up 301 and like, the, like everybody else do the purchase, right? Um, no, no. So, 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 so two things. One, I, I highly recommend you do not wake up at 301. I think you should wake up like 20 oh, minutes yeah, ahead yeah. of time. Yeah. 245. 259. Yeah. <laughs> and start hitting refresh like a madman. Really? Um, no, I, I've never had a problem with that. I've never really had a problem with, with the page loading. Like it's always loaded for me. 
me, right? Um, it is never loaded for me on oh, time. It's well, always yeah, directly. Yeah, yeah, it's always a few yeah, seconds right. behind or something, like, or a few minutes behind. Yeah, no, I do. I do recall that. I remember one year we all got up and we all stayed up for this the event, and you know we're all hitting we're hitting Safari on our Macs, and then then somebody on Twitter says, "Oh, check it out! It loaded on the on the the App Store app on the phone," and that's when we all switched over to the phone. And the people who didn't catch that message didn't go to the phone. And I do remember that. that. I think that was the iPhone six uh, series as well, right? That that happened, or maybe the watch or something like, or the Apple TV, or there was some other event where where it was like I, that. I wonder if you're, I mean, if you're hitting a, a Seattle area data center, and Tim, you're hitting a Toronto area. Data oh, center. for sure, yeah. And the fact that it's three in the morning as opposed to midnight is going to reduce the traffic by quite a bit on the Toronto server. Oh, you think? Hmm. Yeah, I, I would think. Yeah, if they're if they're doing any of that sort of thing at all. Um, well, so do you do you guys follow? I mean, Mark, I know you don't, but Mark Jaime, do you f- sort of watch what's happening on Twitter as this feeding frenzy happens? Like, because I, I I have I've, I've watched Twitter or Slack or all at the same time, like you know, uh, as as people are announcing that they they got one and whatever, right? So yeah, I've done it um, not as much real time um, unless it was like I was delayed in some way, like I, I can't figure out what's going on. I'm trying to figure out can anybody get a phone, you know? Um, which is where, and in my experience, I've seen the Apple uh, website not come up for like five to, or not change yeah, pages, yeah. I should say, for like five to ten minutes, and I've actually completed the the purchase on my phone. Um, through the store app rather than to the website long before it ever came up for me yeah, on Safari. Yeah. So I seem um, to recall the last time that I got my, and I had to go through this same goofy process with Rogers with their specific page. I seem to recall you and I both, you went to Verizon and I went to Rogers because I remember we were communicating with you at, in the wee hours of the morning that, you know, we had both gotten our phones and we were watching the people on Twitter, you know, complain about the fact they couldn't get the app store to refresh or whatever. I do remember that. Yeah. So coming back to my uh, original sort of uh, proposition here or, or query so let's let's think of it like if you've ever gone to any of disney's parks um if you stay at their hotel at the disney hotels you get in like an hour early i think before the normal park opening occurs if you All think right. of it that way where you're not going to be guaranteed a phone but it's more like hey uh, if you're in the upgrade program you get in 10 minutes earlier uh, it's just you folks just you folks in the upgrade program for 10 minutes if you buy one great if you didn't show up well that's unfortunate you you'll go back in the queue with everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Thoughts on that? Well, I mean, sort of do you guys get a do you guys get a number like a queue number when you're when you're in the thing cuz cuz with again with the Rogers and Bell programs here, we get a number and it's like, you know, your number 841 or whatever and that yeah. means you're getting the 841th phone that's available, right? Just checking my confirmation here to see. I don't remember seeing anything like that, but having recently purchased um tickets for uh, the last Jedi, um, it didn't give me a number. It just said, "Hey, you, your wait is about 10 minutes and then it's about 15 minutes and then you have a a wind angle right yeah, that was on Fandango system. So if they did something like that, it would feel a little bit better rather than sort of wondering randomly what's happening. I'm not seeing anything like that. So the email I got just says, you know, it's kind of a marketing email saying you're just one step away from getting your new iPhone. And there's a, a, a row of checkboxes. Eligible, eligibility confirmed is checked. Preferred iPhone selected is checked. Carrier confirmed is checked. Pre-approval cleared is checked. And the one that's not checked says starting at 12.01 a.m. PDT on 1027, use the Apple Store app on your iPhone to complete your upgrade. Hmm. 
that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. So yeah, I saw a couple of images like that on Twitter today, but yeah. So what I'm saying though, is with Rogers, I'll get an, I get an email like this is, sorry, this is after I make the purchase, right. Or after I commit to the purchase, then you get this number in a queue and then you're waiting for that phone. You're in the 800th position or whatever. And this is for memory, right. Um, because presumably people will bail and change their mind or whatever, or go get the eight instead of the, instead of waiting the extra day or so. Um, but I've never had to wait very long. I usually get my phone on the first day or by the Saturday or the Sunday of, of that week, right? Whenever they start shipping, you know? So, but uh, yeah, that's some fun time follow-up. All right. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And by the time this airs, it'll all be over and we'll be suitably pleased or crying in our milk. Or so Mark, what are you getting? What, what model are you getting? I'm getting the 256 gig <coughs> Space Gray. Space Gray. And Mark, or Jaime, you're getting the white one, right? Mm-hmm. Or silver, as they like to say. Silver. Yeah, it's the white silver. one. Silver. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, is a white front on the... No, I think it's I think it's a black front and it's probably actually silver on the back now that I think about it. So maybe this time it's actually true. <laughs> as opposed to what? Maybe silver on the edge like the like the 8 is? The 8's painted on the edge. Or are they, are they stainless steel, all these phones on the edge? Here. I think they're stainless steel. Yeah, you know what? This looks kind of whitish to me. I feel really dumb not remembering, but the screenshot I see here is black on the front for whatever bezel it actually has on the front. Um, the back of the phone, it's hard to tell from this rendering. I mean, it's definitely not pure silver. It does look more whitish. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully I'll get one otherwise. That's uh, the best part about spending all this money is we don't get to see it until we actually own it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we open the box, right? Yeah. 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 So I'll, I'll probably get a 250. You, you got an eight plus? I have an eight plus, but it's, it's at, it's at my, it's my, it's my device, test device. Like you said, right at the office. Oh, it's at the office. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm still slugging the uh, six plus with me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just had today, just two boxes showed up on my desk. There was an eight and an eight plus, but they're, mm-hmm. I probably won't uh, get to keep them very long. It's probably just long enough to set them up and then the QA team will steal them away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But at least I'll get to play with it for a day or two. Yeah. Play with the camera. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all the different settings and stuff. So, yeah. You know, this is uh, actually a, a small little bit of follow up to that follow up to what Mark just mentioned. So I'll be curious if you run into any troubles with the eight plus Mark and, and we'll have to follow up on this in, I don't know, the next several weeks. Okay. Um, what kind of problems? So the coworker of mine has had one definitive problem. So he ran into the one where what was wrong with his iPhone eight plus it was, it was that charging related one where it was like starting to mushroom up. You know, we were seeing reports of that for the eight plus. Oh, right. Right. Expanding um, back. You mean, or yeah. And so he, he ended up getting that one replaced and then we had um, like a project days thing go on and, and he was working on some location based stuff and he was getting all sorts of weird behavior from the GPS, the location updates on his phone, um, even to the point where we looked at Lyft. We were taking a, a Lyft from one one venue to another and we had the driver say, hey, I'm here. And we were like, what? No, you're not. <laughs> you're like really far away. And we looked and the pickup place was not where we were. It was ah. a couple blocks away, which is definitely weird. Hmm. Nice. Hmm. So I don't know if it's a thing, but I'd be very curious to see if anybody else runs into that problem. Uh, and if you are out there listening and you encountered such a problem with your iPhone 8 or 8 Plus, uh, let us know on, on Twitter, hashtag AskNTJC. Right, right. So now this leads us to our follow-up, and it's a good segue because the follow-up is on how to set your new phone up. And Mark and I talked about this last week um, because he hadn't heard of this quick start that they've added to to the phone setup. And it's very similar to the watch where you basically have a, an image you scan on the watch and uh, it identifies the watch and automatically connects it with it. But uh, now when you get your new phone, um, 
um, the only extra step you have to do that is different than what I did the other day was you need to swap, put your take your SIM out of your current phone and put it in your new phone. And then when you power the both devices up, you put them within proximity of each other, like, you know, a couple of inches away. And uh, when the phone starts to set up, it'll uh, menu pops up saying set up your new phone. You can see it on the link if you follow there. And it says your Apple ID, Johnny Appleseed at iCloud.com to set up your phone. And you hit continue. And I think there's a couple of, uh, I, if I remember correctly, there's a pin, pin code or something you have to follow. But it automatically moves all of your account settings from one phone to the other, which it's kind of miraculous. And then you can just do a restore from your iTunes backup to uh, set the phone up with the rest of your applications and data that you've photos and things like that you've saved all along the way, right? But yeah, it's super, super convenient to, to if you just want to, you know, transfer the identity from one device to the other, very similar to how the, the, the um, account migration used to work on uh, OS X devices. So yeah, uh, that's a link in the show notes that you guys can look at. And um, you can also do the same thing. Uh, all, the article also goes into setting up uh, iCloud backup and all that kind of stuff. But the quick start thing where you just, you know, automatically sets your phone up is uh, really cool. That looks pretty nice. I've uh, traditionally used the iTunes backup. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never tried the iCloud backup one, but I am interested in trying this one. But the, the quick start thing is, is irrespective of your, where your data is backed up. This is just setting doing the initial settings on the phone, like, you know, where you're located, time zone, whether you want to share information with Apple or not, uh, all that, all those kind of settings, you know, turning on location, setting up Siri, all that kind of stuff happens. The only thing that's different is you have to set up the touch ID yourself uh, because, you know, the, the, um, the makes sense. You got to fingerprints are stored in a you know, secure enclave, right? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a cool thing. I mean, it's, you know, it's not something you're going to use every day, but, uh, but it's, you know, once a year or so it's, it, it can really come handy, I think. Yeah. It's nothing worse than getting a new toy and you can't play with it for a couple of hours, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they've, uh, saddled, satisfied that one, which is kind of cool. And that link will be in the show notes for those of you setting up your new phones as you listen to this podcast. Although how are you going to do that if you're setting up your phone? Hmm. I guess they can listen to over, uh, overcast on the iPad or while they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or through iTunes as well. Right. Yeah. Or feed burner or yeah yeah or you can go to our website mtjc.fm and listen from there yeah yeah we'll keep you company while you do that all right so uh the other story i posted here was uh, a bit of a i had heard some some story about the number of units shipping and this last one uh, published yesterday on the 24th claims that uh there's only going to be 20 million phones shipping which i mean i had heard last week 400,000, but 20 million uh, iphone 10s shipping I, by the way just as a segue here when i called rogers the guy said oh you want to get the new x <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot I'm not of offended people. if people call it iPhone X. I've heard yeah. several people on other podcasts call it that. And really? I understand it was, a, it was a slip up. It was unintentional. And I don't find it offensive. Like, if you no. wanted to be 10, you give it a number. You know, yeah, yeah. A Roman, exactly. Roman numeral, give it like a. Yeah. Or 10th anniversary special edition phone. And have Gene Simmons come to my house and then pack it for me. And out and people, you know, every once in a while, someone still makes a mistake and calls it X. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's funny because, I mean, the Rogers guy had no clue, right? So until I. Said no, it's the ten. Anywho, um, yeah. So this uh, issue about, uh, I guess the the low yield on um, you know getting displays and parts. I mean that's not unusual. I mean, I mean when have we ever known how many devices they're actually going to ship on day one of any of these new devices? It's always been a like we've just said. You know, you get into a queue and you just sit there and twiddle your thumbs until the thing ships, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And if and if you're up at the crack of dawn on or sorry crack of dawn, if you're up at well for you guys it kind of sort of is, but no at midnight I guess. It's not dawn so if you're up that late 301 for me 1201 for you guys um making your order you're going to get one probably on the first day right hopefully and and you know if you're there at at the at that moment if you if you wait a few minutes or whatever you might end up uh you know 
know, a couple of days later or whatever. But that, it'll very quickly, I think based on what I perceive the demand for the iPhone 10 was going to be, it'll be very quick that it'll go to two to three weeks and then four to five weeks and then... Well, the interesting thing about this article is that if it's true that it's 20 million in 2017, yeah. we've still got two and a half months of 2017. That's true. Oh, right. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that 20 million are going to ship on day one. Right, right. And, you know, typically, you know, tw- we don't know the exact numbers, right? But 20 million sounds about right for the first weekend or so of sales, uh, you know, typically, uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, of orders at least. And if that's true, if the article is true, then essentially what they're saying is that, well, okay, if you happen to get, be one of the first people in first you know first couple of days then you'll get your phone sometime this year which means it could be the end of december yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and if you don't get in quickly you're waiting until 2018 so so this i i hope it's not true but yeah you know we'll see we'll see yeah it'll be interesting to see well you know like i said uh my, my point was uh, i hope that uh that 301 the rogers website is ready for me to order a phone <laughs> yeah uh, right I, my my goal is to be uh completed with the transaction within the first 30 seconds because I feel like if I can do that, then I'm very likely to get the phone on day one. Yeah, I have to pick up a couple of uh, phones for the the office as well, so I have to order two through the App Store app as well myself. So yeah, interesting. In, this, in the same article, saying that one of the analysts had previously previously stated that only two to three million units would be available for the launch on the third. Mm-hmm. So if let's say you know 20 million people do order on the first day, then only the first 10 percent of those or so mm-hmm. are actually going to get that phone the first day. Uh, and then again, if the article's right, the other twenty mil- the other seventeen or eighteen million who order on the first couple of days will have to wait till later in the year, and then anyone after that is you know, waiting a long time. Well, they will also have phones for people going to the retail stores as well, right? They always have a lineup, and right, that's true, right? That's true. They they, they must have the number of units set it set aside to go to the stores. You know, probably like maybe a hundred phones or something like that per, per location or something, right? Wherever yeah. wherever they think people are going to line up for them, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that takes even more away from the online purchasers. Yeah, yeah. So all all the more reason to be there already, ready to go, right at 1201. Yeah. While you're in line physically as well. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <it's> <laughs> And you've added stuff to your bag or, or to your favorites or whatever is required on the upgrade program side. Like those are all the techniques to, to be ready. Yeah, yeah. Huh, this is starting to feel like early days when when you couldn't go, even weeks after the phone was, was available, you couldn't walk into a store and get one because they were just the, the yeah, splash. Just couldn't Remember there used to be websites that you could go on and find out what stores had right, yeah, phones yeah. and they would kind of be updated in real time. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been like that in a, in a while. Pretty much since since the since the online ordering started, it hasn't been that bad. Yeah, yeah. Right. These were back in the days before there was online ordering. Yeah, lots we'll of fun. See. We'll see. Lots of fun. All right. It could, well, all be, could all be hype too to get people out there trying yeah. to order phones right away. Yeah. So with with all the excitement about the iPhone ten, um, let me let me bring you right back down to earth here with this next piece, which is a documentary by a lady named Sue Williams. She's a director of this documentary called Death by Design. Um, and this is a short little uh, trailer. I think it's like a couple of minutes long, um, but sort of hits on the highlights of of, uh, of this stuff. And, you know, we sort of, we look at Apple on one hand as, you know, this, this great, you know, technology company that's bringing all this great uh, gear to us. And the sort of gist behind this is, is where do the phones go? Where does, where do all these electronic devices go to die when, where they go when they die? What, what happens to them? Well, they end up in big piles, as we all know. And then, you know, they're, they're full of toxic materials, um, not necessarily the iPhone, but all like this is everything like computers and all that TVs and what have you. And they go into these, you know, um, low income uh, countries 
or locations where people are then the only living they can make is to is to reclaim the precious metals and and so on and so forth that are uh, going to making up these things and um it's interesting what she talks about um foxconn itself she sort of describes foxconn's building mark talked a little bit about samsung last week but like foxconn being like several football fields long like it's huge giant complex that's just churning out you know these this assembly line of churning out phones and when you when you think about the one statement she says here that i've got quoted here saying that to make 10 million phones in three weeks you need a very very kind of militaristic workforce right so and you know we've heard stories about the the kids committing suicide and and uh they kind of put into these little work units and and they don't have time to socialize um and they're they're driven pretty hard according to the stories that we hear and see um just to crank out a phone that you can put in your pocket and pay a thousand dollars for right so it's a really really fascinating uh film i'm probably going to get a copy of the film and watch it just just for perspective but um it's kind of uh, interesting to see when you think about it, like think about how 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 do you make 20 million phones to be distributed in three months right before christmas right no i haven't seen this trailer but yeah it, this is an issue people been talking about it for a while yeah i mean it is it is really the downside of of or the negative side of this whole industry that we're in uh just the fact that you know everybody wants these advanced devices quickly and means that there's some somebody's making them and uh and they got to be cheap so the people making them be aren't you know, really paid well or or treated well so yeah it's it's really kind of an unfortunate side of the industry that we work in the only the only thing you can say is that well we think it's changing over time and we think that apple is a little bit more responsible about this kind of stuff and other companies uh and we hope that they're exerting some influence to try to improve the situation and, and make things better and, and yeah we acknowledge that things aren't great right now but hopefully we can move in a positive direction and, and improve things over time yeah anyway just a little grounding here on the uh, whole desire to have the latest you know iphone and the latest watch and yep. so on and so forth i mean we try to be conscious about the apps and the way we treat you know our users when they use our apps we don't want to take advantage of them and i think in the same way we need to sort of have from some perspective on what this the cost of uh, the total cost of ownership of these phones like not just you know the effect that has on us and our pocketbooks but also the effect it has on the the people building them for us right yeah sure it's um yeah i'm, I'm reading the description here uh the the stuff going on in china makes sense to me um intrigued by this ravaged new york community they talk about uh stateside and i can kind of guess what the high-tech corridors of silicon valley is talking about um this is available on demand on darn near everything amazon google play itunes uh microsoft movies and tv voodoo and if you're outside the u.s apparently on vimeo on demand for rent or for for purchase so uh definitely a lot of options to see this and uh, sadly we we all missed the screenings there was one in your your neck of the woods tim there was one in toronto back on october 21st yeah i think it, well i think it was also at the toronto film festival as well 23rd 21st that's just the other day yeah planet in focus environmental film festival toronto october 21st yeah hmm. oh, it'll come around again like i said i probably yeah. i'll probably just go and watch it on i'll download it <laughs> Have to have to check it out too. So the what they might be talking about about here in Silicon Valley, and I haven't seen the movie, I don't know. But but uh, there are a lot of Superfund sites around here. Uh, and for those who don't know what Superfund is, uh, back in the you know, 60s and 70s, when people weren't really worried about the environment much, there was a lot of dumping of toxic materials just all over the place. So there's a government program called Superfund to to clean up a lot of the sites uh, and you know, re- can repurpose them to to be used for other things. Things. So a lot of it was, you know, uh, subdivisions of houses or parks or things like that were built on top of 
these old sites where companies had been dumping a lot of toxic chemicals for years. And in particular here in Silicon Valley, in the early days of the chip industry, there were there were lots of just chemicals being dumped all over the place. And so there's a lot of these sites around. And this is a very dense area where housing is, is tight. So people have been building all over the place, wherever there's any an inch of space, they build houses or, or, or condos. Uh, so a lot of developments were built on top of old Superfund sites. Uh, and there there have been cases known, there's certain areas where the rate of cancer or autism is just way higher than, than the norm. Right, yeah. And it's, it's I mean, there's no conclusive proof that it was caused by, by these chemicals, but, you know, it's pretty good circumstantial evidence that it that it was. So, so I wonder if that's what they're talking about. We'll have to watch a movie and find out. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Anyway, just uh, thought I'd, you know, put it, put it put it out there for us yep. for our listeners to look at that all right Jaime you have some uh, something to cheer us up now yeah and now kittens is <laughs> where we're at <laughs> in today's news broadcast um, um yeah this is an article on TechCrunch that says that games account for over half of the three million plus ar kit powered app downloads and are 62 percent of the revenue of these kind of Gordia apps wow so um it doesn't surprise me that much because i think ar kit works like really well for for games is definitely like the easiest one to do in an exciting way um as we're still sort of coming to grips with what it what it really means to do ar type stuff uh, and then they also mention um some of the differences for non-games um like uh, tap measure i think is the number one paid ar kit only um, app so that would be the one that lets you i think it lets you like measure stuff right like in the real world like rulers and, and yeah. find the volume of your like your house that sort of stuff that's interesting how this is just all of a sudden taken off just with with uh, google's efforts and apple's efforts right get all these ar uh, augmented reality apps out there yeah it seems well it could be one of two things it could be there was a lot of pent-up demand for it or it could be a lot of people are just jumping on the bandwagon because it's the new and novel thing yeah 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 we'll have to see like remember um message sticker packs were like a huge thing for the first few weeks and i think once you got beyond maybe six weeks it wasn't really a thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. yeah it's interesting i had a there's an app i had um i think i still have it on my phone and it's sort of like a uh, a sextant or what do you call the things where the surveyors use is that what sextant or you know surveyor tool yeah i know nothing about surveyor tools but a sextant sounds like something you use on a ship yeah well, that's to measure the distance yeah. where you are by stars right but um i remember what, what it's called but it had a it uses the camera and it had like it uses the level the the gyroscope and the accelerometer on the phone to sort of as you hold it up and look at a uh, an area you could sort of if you know how far you're away standing like if there's a flagpole or something and you know how far away you are from the the flagpole you can use the camera to sort of start at the bottom and then you know pan up to the top of the, the flagpole and it will count cal- it'll triangulate the height of the pole based on on the you know the trigonometry right of where you are and that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. i remember what it was called but i had it on my phone here and it was a kind of cool thing it had like a level and it was like almost like a heads-up display for your phone right as you're walking around you know your world you know because it had the sort of you know the yaw and pitch and all that kind of stuff as well right so apparently it's called a theoda light Theodolite is the name of the app. Now, now that you say that, yeah, that's right. That, yeah, and that's also the name of the, the instrument. Interesting. Theodolite. Yeah, here it is. You've, okay. you've seen them before. Everyone's seen them. The things they they sit on a little tripod in the middle of the road, right? Yeah. With the guys yeah. Through it. 
Yeah, but I never knew what it was called. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, so I have I bought the paid version of this app. Um, yeah, they must use my camera. Okay, must use the microphone. Okay, remind me later for the review. Yeah, so I've got it. I'll, I'll take a screenshot of my my Mac right here, just so you can see what what I got on it. I'm going to take a screenshot on the camera. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just turned my camera off. Oh, here's Siri. Hello, Siri. Go away. Oh, I see now. So I, I think a usage that I mean, I'd be surprised if there wasn't something that already does this, but something I think people would would want is for golf. So if you had an AR kit enabled thing to show me precisely how far away am I from mm-hmm. from the pin, which you could get from GPS, but also show me uh, where the, the flagpole is, because sometimes you, you may not be able to physically see it, or you might see the top of it and wonder, mm, how far away am I really? That'd be an interesting app. Then it could it could guide you on which club to use. And <laughs> you could yeah. even you could even put in your results, and it could use some machine learning over time to know whether that club worked right for you or whether it you know you needed a bigger club or a smaller club or something like that. Pretty sure that app already exists. <laughs> yeah, but with AR kit, that's a whole oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we've now giving it away. Some uh, some hungry developer out there is already writing that app. Yeah, there you go. So check out your Slack. I just uh, uploaded an image to the MTJC page. That's what this uh, theodolite app uh, looks like. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the A B button there is that's the one where you could you can measure heights of of things by you know using triangulation, right? Hmm. Because your bearings and your longitude and latitude and um, your yeah, so interesting. Above uh, like I'm 320 feet above sea level right now. It's you know 11:45 when I took the picture, right? So cool stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah. So I guess that's my pick. Theo Light. <laughs> uh, where were we? Yeah, we were talking about Jaime's um, air kit stuff. Oh, the IKEA app. Have you guys tried that one out? No, not yet. I, I have tried it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get you get IKEA furniture and you get to like place it in your room and see what it looks like, right? You know, I should tell Carol about that app. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty neat and it seems to render them at actual size too. I didn't have the precise model to compare against, but I found right, uh, yeah. comparable ones and said, yeah, this is about the size of like this kitchen table's chair and the table itself. Right, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's fully rendered too. Like I was, <laughs> I was at a, a meetup and somebody said, hey, can you like see the underside? I was like, I don't know. Let me take a look. And sure enough, you can. Yeah, you, you can pick them up and turn them around and yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you scale them? I can't remember if you can scale them. I know you can pick them up and move them around. I don't room. think so because if you were to scale them, it would lose the effect of right. know, this couch in my house. Right, right. Yeah, so I wonder, what it's, I wonder how it's using, it must be using dots or whatever, a spray of dots to sort of figure out what size of your room and stuff, right? Walls and things. So. Yeah, there's some sort of um, aim it at the ground sort of thing that you do to let it have the little yellow dots figure out the planes of where everything is. So we have some real-time follow-up by Greg's trolling us on the MTJC page. He says we're taking more pro- pro- more precise photo taking with the, <laughs> the theodolite measurements on the screen. Mm. Anyway, we have an interloper. All right, so moving on. Well, I guess we're at the picks portion of the show, are we? Yeah, it's kind of the quiet time before the iPhone 10 comes out, and then I'm yeah. I'm sure we'll have uh, stories about how we did or did not get one, what happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Our impressions, because mm-hmm. even if we don't have one, I'm certain that people around us, somebody that we know will have one. Right, right. Yeah, bastards. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Just preemptively. <laughs> yeah. preemptively Shit that out of the way right now, right? <laughs> exactly. Those lucky, lucky dogs. Um, so uh, I'll go first. My my pick was, uh, it was kind of funny. I saw this on Twitter a couple of days ago that somebody had posted um, a video of the iOS 11 bug where the calculator, if you add one plus two plus three and you hit the equal sign, you should it should tell you that that's equal to six, right? Um, so, you know, I picked up, pulled up my phone and I went one plus two plus three and then I did it again. And so if you hit, you can try this on your calculator on your phone too as well. But if you do one plus two plus three and then hit plus sign, the sum is 24. 
Have you guys seen this? I'm trying it now. It's 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 fine. Working fine. You have to do it really fast, Mark. Mm-hmm. Like plus. two plus. You have to just mash through it. it. It's better if you do it with uh, two thumbs as well. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I, at least I found it hard to do with a single finger. I found with two thumbs, one hovered around the plus, and one hovered around the numbers. That it was easier to. to yeah. Sometimes I get like thirty-nine. Sometimes I get fifty-four. Sometimes I get twenty-four. Like, what is that about, eh? Yeah, it's not like a calculation problem. To to be clear, as far as I can tell, it, it turns out to be like, what does it register as a button push? And oh, it seems think? to just like full on ignore you um, if you touch on the screen while it's performing that l- little animation. Because if you do it slowly, you cannot reproduce the problem. Do it fast, you get that problem. But it even does it with the other numbers too. Yeah, weird. Yeah, eh? it's not specific to those numbers. It's just those are like at the bottom. They're conveniently close to the plus. Cool. Throw out everything you learn about math. You're holding it wrong. Apparently, I'm holding it right because I can't get it to happen. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. See, all the all those uh, all those years of playing video games really uh, you've got the, really coming to the awesome. forefront now. Well, and, I, and I'm using the last and, and I'm literally going one plus two plus three plus, and I'm getting twenty four. Weird, eh? Wait, but this so, is on your six plus. On my six plus, yeah. Yeah. So, considering that you've already had performance issues, I wouldn't be surprised that it's exacerbated. Yeah. On, like, because if, if you had what? Um, so, Mark's got this state of the art five is seven. the oldest. I'm doing this on seven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this and they, they just updated the calculator for this OS, so they've they've gone back and refactored the app, right? So. Yeah. The pull quote here is the bug is that the animation that lights up the button is blocking touch events until the animation completes. Mm. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is why if you do it slowly, you can't reproduce it. But if you just mash through it as fast as you can, um, you, you'll see weirdo things. And, and 24 is the one I see the most often. Hmm. Even if I do it slowly, one plus two plus three. Oh, that time I got six. What do you know? Can't do it because I'm too slow. Yeah. See, what's happening for me is is the you know how when you when you tap the button it changes color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 like it's I'm doing it before I can I can see that the but the animation hasn't finished by the time I'm, um the number is flashed on the screen. Very strange. Yeah, this is the sort of thing that um, some of the QA people I've worked with in the past they would have loved to find this yeah. bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love to mash through things like this and show how your your app crashes or does terrible things. So yeah, yeah. I feel a, a bit of sorrow for the engineer who has to go in and fix this one. It's yeah. not a glory fix, that's for sure. Oh, I just got it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yep. Success, kapla, yeah. as we say on this podcast, right, Hammy? <laughs> That's right, Tim. Kapla. You can, catch, you can huh? catch every week as we cover <laughs> Star Trek Discovery on CBS, All Access, or Netflix, or wherever it is you get from. You're on the, the yeah. world. Sometimes the Orville depends on whether they have an episode or not, and yeah, sometimes right. other stuff like The Walking Dead mm-hmm. and Star Wars. Yeah, and and Doctor Doctor Blade Blade Runner, Blade Runner, and Dark Matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're missing out, if you're not checking it out, you know, we know it's littered with spoiler warnings. Like there's like spoiler warning after spoiler warning. All available at spotcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> or it's your famous pod catchers. Wow, it's almost like guys are getting it back from the uh, from the hosts of that podcast. The way you're pushing it so much. Hmm? Hashtag like not an ad. <laughs> 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 we were not paid for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to come up with some sort of disclaimer. We're not really podcast hosts. We just play them on a podcast or something like that. Whoa! Yeah, I know. A podcast about people. mind blown. All right, Hamid, hit us with your uh, your pick. Yeah, I hope that this isn't something that I just happened to notice. I hope this is actually new. Um, but the new video from Apple, at least is new to me, face tracking with AR kit session 601 right. for fall 2017 uh, has some examples. It's very much like uh, the way they would have their WWDC videos. And in fact, it plays 
always through that same mechanism. So if you're like me, please remember to use Safari and not uh, Chrome because it's right. free yeah. through there. But you can download the HD and SD videos as well as um, slides and examples and stuff. I must apologize. I haven't actually had time to get around to watching this one. So I don't know how long it is, but... Seven minutes, 23 seconds. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it, it seems like the sort of thing you can fit in for a coffee break. Sure. So while we were talking about uh, kittens or, or AR kit, as a case may be, uh, you can go check this out. And, and you too could be one of the 3 million plus AR kit developed apps. <laughs> so what, oh, so what's the deal with it? Uh, my understanding is, is it helps you understand how the face tracking works for the oh. AR kit and iPhone 10. Right. So you're talking about like when you have the little uh, cartoon emojis that, that react to your face movements? I think that's one aspect of it. It says, uh, learn about applying live selfie effects and see how to use facial expressions to drive a 3D character, which um, is similar in concept to the Animoji. Right. So this is sort of a cross between what uh, Snap, what is it, Snapify? What's the, what's that? Snap, Snapchat. Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they have the, you can you make yourself look like a dog or a bunny or whatever. Similar idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. Snapchat definitely uh, popularized that and uh, maybe Instagram now with their, their live camera effects has uh, right. democratized right. it. Mm. All right. Interesting stuff. Cool. Let's check it out. It also has closed captioning and uh, has, tra- oh, it has a transcript. Ooh. Yeah. It's nice that they have the time codes for those too. In the transcript. Yes. So if you hover over some of the words. Oh, it shows you the time. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I guess I could have answered my own question as to how long this was. Let's see what the final word is. <laughs> Thank you for watching, which is at time code 440. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, mine said. Which uh, if I go back, the first word or first phrase is iOS 11 introduced AR kit. That's a time code zero. Right. So when I, when I'm at time code zero, it shows me that the, the running length is seven minutes, 24 seconds. Yeah. I'm looking at this through Chrome, so I don't get the full magic experience. Oh, it's like Internet Explorer 6 all over again. <laughs> Here I am on the outside, left out in the cold. Yeah, yeah. It's Netscape and Mozilla Firefox. Actually, it wasn't even Firefox. It was Mozilla back then. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well... I'm just looking forward to having a smaller phone than the iPhone 6 Plus. And and one that, you know, every now and then my Touch ID dies and I have to actually reboot the phone to get it to work again. Very strange stuff. When you say dies, can you describe a little bit more what do you mean by well, dies? You know, you know how you get the lock screen, right? And, and you know, you got you to wake up your phone and, and you, you hold down your thumb on the, the, the sensor to sort of open unlock it. Nothing happens when it when it gets locked out, right? And uh, and so you have to enter the, the uh, your pin code like an animal and it'll unlock, but, but it just continues to not work with Touch ID. It just won't, won't register for some reason. And the only solution I've ever found is to turn off the phone and turn it on again. Hmm. Yeah. That's weird. I haven't heard of anybody else that has that. I wonder I wonder what might be causing that. It's unique to me. Yeah, another thing to, to keep an, an eye out for, I guess. I'm, huh. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's just a minor annoyance. I really haven't, you know, I, I mean, I use a mix of Touch ID and, and my PIN code even. I mean, I enter my PIN code even when I don't have to just because it's just muscle memory, right? So, which does that say I haven't changed my password in 10 years? Is it one, two, three, four? <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll be very curious to see what people think. Um, I'm also a plus user and I have been for several years. And for me, it will probably feel weird. I'll probably think, holy smokes, this thing is so tiny. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, six six S seven users will probably think, Oh my gosh, this thing is way too big. It's probably what's going to happen. The other thing that 10 doesn't have, it doesn't have the split view that the, the, the plus size um, phones have. Right. Do you use that a lot? Like that, that was a, there was a lot of consternation about the notch for that reason. I wrote apps for it. So I use it all. I do use it quite often. I use the mail. I use it in mail and, but it's annoying sometimes. Like, you know, when, I know like when you go to watch, you go to read mail and you put it on landscape mode so you can get a bigger view of the, of the actual message. Right. Um, and, but it's, it does a split view. 
interesting and you have to hit that extra little arrow double headed arrow to get it to expand to full screen right but yeah i use it all, i use the uh the split view all the time on my phone like interesting i i happen to not use it that much at all um, even really? though i did uh, early on and i thought it was pretty cool like in the messages app um for the very same reason you just described for mail yeah um, be very curious if, if, if listeners out there could hit us up and say you know what's your experience do you, do you if you're a plus user do you use the landscape mode um a right, lot right hmm. yeah i don't i don't know what's typical for people i'd have to pay attention the next time i see plus users mm-hmm. well i mean you know the it's it's just that much wider um and i've noticed too in the in videos of the 10 that have been out for the last couple of weeks that or last couple of days i guess a lot of more thumb gestures it looks like with uh you know with people opening like you know you got the notifications co- dragging down from the top and you got the other uh, events dragging up from the you know from the two ears right but i've seen people switching switching apps by by swiping with a sort of circular motion across the bottom of the screen right where the around where the home button would be right to switch between apps because in the currently you know in in the ex- existing ones we double click the home button to get to that sort of app switching mode you know mm-hmm. so and then all the gestures for um how to switch between apps and how to get back home and all that kind of stuff right even more gestures to get confused by i've, I've actually tr- it's really hard on the simulator because it doesn't give you the same experience using a, right, a mouse yeah, yeah but i've tried sort of getting used to how that multitasking thing works and i think it will feel okay uh, and of course i was very impressed by that video that i, I think you're talking about the same yeah. one that we yeah. probably both saw on the internet that would like it, it just seems so smooth to go back and forth between uh, apps because you're just doing a, a semicircle. It's kind of like a wax on, wax off sort yeah, of yeah. <laughs> design for going back and forth between things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of videos on the internet, did you see that story about the uh, the young lady who's a vlogger whose father apparently works at Apple and she published a video of him of, of using an iPhone 10 just last recently this week? Oh, really? It's been taken down. It's been taken down now, but for it was up for a couple of days and it made the rounds and people look at this thing. It just it's again, it's like a film on Apple campus, like uh, how daring <laughs> <laughs> doubling down on secrecy. I see. Yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, I haven't seen that one, but, uh, I, We'll have to run off to Reddit probably to go find that. I'm sure well, the internet has downloaded it and re-uploaded somewhere else. Oh, you think? You think? Okay, yeah. Because I went to I went to an article that had said it had listed it, and then it was like, you know, this video has been taken down and whatever, right? So yeah, you may not be able to find it on you know things like Vimeo and YouTube, but I guarantee you, somebody in the internet has it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sure, the internet sure. finds a way. Speaking of the internet, just looking here on the on the um, on my own Twitter feed here, I just noticed that um, I don't know if you guys have been following my tweet this weekend, but um, I have a, a an XServe here with which has a RAID card in it, and the RAID has a, uh, a battery that you know keeps the configuration between reboots, right? And about three years ago, I had a, had to turn the server off for a, a long period of time, and it was so, it was so long that the battery lost its uh, ability to recharge, like it had the voltage had just dropped down so much. And to replace this uh, battery, like you have to take the whole server apart, right? Because the battery is actually on the bottom of the actual case, right? Ugh. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I had to say, so it was basically, it was an hour altogether, but I had to take the server off the rack and, you know, which it, it's heavy. It's not a trivial thing to do. But, um, I went on, so I went on to, you know, the various sites, eBay's and whatever, and all pe- people are selling used, co- used ones of these batteries because they're, they're not, Apple doesn't make them anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're selling them for $140 and they may or may not work. Who knows, yeah, right? Yeah. So, uh, I t- contacted a, a buddy of mine who, 
happens to be a, an Apple service guy, and he just sort of pointed out that it's a, it's a standard lithium battery size. Um, it's a 606168. And so I went on to eBay and I bought one for $20, right? And shipped over from China. And um, it's pretty clearly marked as to which is the positive and negative terminal. And so I had to case crack the, the um, I've got a picture posted here on, on uh, Twitter, uh, case crack the uh, the case apart, you know, and it's all glued together. So I had to, un, you know, pull it away from the glue and what have you. And I replaced the battery and put it back in the uh, X-Serve and my RAID is back up and running after three years of downtime. So that was kind of an interesting exercise. Be careful to go of those batteries from China, though. They have a yeah, yeah. Do bad things. Yeah, well, we, you know, just uh, what are you going to do? I mean, where, where else do you get batteries from, right? Yeah, true. Yeah. So, Tim, um, in our chat, I've put a link that I think is the video you're talking about. Oh, really? Let's have a look. I didn't get a chance to look. I, I, she's a, a, a young blonde lady, right? Mm-hmm. And with her fa- presumed father is an older gentleman. He's uh, bald. He's got glasses. And it looks like he was eating pizza, or maybe she was, with those uh, deliciously round, circular um, cardboard yeah, boxes. I'd like to have an apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. That's at the Cafe Max, they call it, right? Um, where Steve Jobs used to expense $1 meals or whatever, right? Yeah, this is on um, the subreddit Apple, reddit.com slash r slash Apple. And as I mentioned, the uh, the internet finds a way. Interesting. Not very long. It's about a minute video. Yeah. 52 yeah. seconds. I'm amazed she got away with this. I'm sure she at least got a very stern talking to. Yeah. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I mean, the, um, like, oh, certainly people in the media have them right now, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they've got an embargo for review units. So mm-hmm. everybody will be launching their, their reviews at the same exact time, probably Friday, I would get a Friday, the November 3rd. Yeah. Yeah. They become available like in people's hands, I think. Yeah. But yeah, again, Mark, like Mark said, you know, I'm surprised she got away with it. Right. <laughs> wow. And this is again, why you're, you know, I was at the cafe max and they told us quite, quite clearly when we, when we went into the place, you're not allowed to film or take pictures inside campus. Has anyone checked whether or not her father is still employed by Apple? No, that's, that's a, that's a good question too. Right. So yeah. 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 I don't know what her dad does, but, or did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you get at least a stern warning and uh, did not meet expectations on your right. performance review. Really? I don't know. Scary stuff. All right, I guess that's it for another week, eh, guys? So, you know, one more sleep for us until, uh, or, uh, yeah, not even, well, we see, we it's 12.08 now, so by now, we tomorrow, by less than 24 hours from now, we will have known whether or not we, we're happy campers or not, right? So... No, no, it's 12.08 your time. Oh, right, yeah, no, it's yeah. three more hours to go, you're right. I'm, I'm bad, bad, bad at the math, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 12.08, Eastern Daylight Time. Time zones are hard. 18, no, 15 hours to 15 hours to go yeah no okay. more than that 20 27 hours to go right yeah if you've like ever had to uh, develop a real-time app where you had people who were potentially in different time zones yeah real-time you're fine time zones are tough they're tough yeah. to get right there's a lot of gotchas that can things that can go wrong inside the well app. yeah yeah so i don't know if you, you make guys must have must have states in the that don't participate in daylight savings time do you have yeah, that there are a couple yeah yeah, so Saskatchewan in Canada, thankfully we only have one, but Saskatchewan doesn't participate in daylight savings time. So that's an example. They, they technically should be on mountain time, mm-hmm. or they are on mountain time. But yeah, so currently, like we're currently in the daylight savings time time, zone, time period, right, until October something. Um, so they're in the same time zone as us now, I think, or yeah, weird. Yeah, you're right. No, we, we get this mixed up all the time. Like on, on Roundabout, we, we just interviewed a guy from Poland, and... Um, we were trying to we were scratching our heads to try and figure out, you know, where what time it was for him, and we, you know, we had to record it at a complete unusual time for both Tammy and myself, right, to accommodate him. 
we often have people on from Ireland and they're, it's like midnight or past 1am for them when we're recording at our normal time. Right. Mm-hmm. Spoilers yes. for upcoming roundabout episodes, apparently. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Well, we, we know it's somebody from Poland, and so yeah, start true. carving down the list as to who oh, could it could possibly be. Yep, yep. Start start figuring that one out. Start start checking the Reddit to try and find out who it is. Yeah, I mean, you got plenty of time too at the rate that Tammy edits that show, right? <laughs> Maybe long enough for people to forget and become yeah. new to you again if you figured it out. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. She's so busy; she'll never hear this. All right, hi Tammy, how are you? So I guess that's it for the week. So, hey, honey, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? I'm on Twitter as at dev with a hair. Mark, how can people get in touch with you? I'm at Mark R at smapsoft.com or at smapsoft. All right. And I'm Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine. And that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. So we'll talk to you guys, hopefully happily from our iPhone 10 experiences next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> if you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. about blockchain and bitcoin very little right i probably know more about it than you guys do okay sounds like i only know a a very little bit about um blockchain technology yeah as far as i can tell blockchain is sort of a federated way of identifying where the money is kind of thing right um and it's all done on people's personal hardware or, or or actually not hard personal hardware sometimes it's hardware specifically designed for that you know People are using GPUs and CPUs to do the calculations and things like that. And well, yeah. So, so blockchain is a is a general purpose technology for in for proving that something is is valid. So, sort of right, like, yeah, right. Yeah. And kind of the way it works is it's kind of a linked list that gets sent along with with the item every single time, and the linked list is encrypted. So you can you can add things to it. Uh, but you, if you try to change it, then the hash code or the encrypted thing gets changed. So it, you know, it's been tampered with. Mm-hmm. So that's how something like Bitcoin works because Bitcoin works by really just sending around this chain of the entire history of that Bitcoin electronic. Right. And, you know, obviously if someone, if someone can edit that history, then they could just edit it to say, these were all my coins and, and right, I'm right. rich. Yeah. But because but because it's encrypted, you can't edit it. But anyone can look at it. Anyone can see the history. But but any but you can't change it. So that's how you prove that you can you can always trace the history of that coin 
Mm-hmm. And so I prove that the coin belongs to you, the Bitcoin belongs to you. Right. And in the same way that currency works, where there's supposed to be some sort of uh, physical reserve where the equivalent gold lives that validates the, the money, paper money you're carrying around has an actual value, right? You, well, Bitcoin in, doesn't, in doesn't. In this case, it's using it's using the. In this case, it's using blockchain to validate the validate it, right? But yeah. you think Bitcoin doesn't have a value, or Bitcoin does not have. It's not backed by anything. No, oh, yeah, I realize that. Yeah. Uh, so it's it really only works because people agree that it works. I mean, yeah. money does too, right? People only money only works because people people all agree that. If I really wanted to, I could exchange this piece of paper for some gold or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the backing thing is. So, but yeah, but it's all just, it only works if people believe it works, really. Right. Uh, right. Or, well, with, with, uh, with money, there's a government behind it usually. Uh, and so they're guaranteeing that this piece of paper will be worth something or, you know, or a bank or something. Um, Bitcoin doesn't have that, which is what makes it a little bit risky. Uh, it's, it's just, Everyone who's who's involved with it kind of has has an agreement that this thing will is worth something, and so it so it does so it is. You know, it's it's a little bit speculative, a little bit weird, a little bit hard to to uh, to trust at first. You know, because it's not really based on anything except consensus. Uh, but as long as people have consensus, it, it works. Right. Right. So the blockchain, I, the blockchain idea is, is like you said, it's it's a, a a vehicle for validating something of value has a value or agreed upon yeah. value. It has yeah. nothing to do. It's not specifically tied to um, Bitcoin per se, right? No, no. It's so in some sense, Bitcoin is the product based on blockchain technology. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, and it's just because I signed up for this thing called a while ago called One Name, I think it's called, right? And it's, um, I guess it, it, it uses blockchain to validate that I am who I say I am, sort of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, it, it builds off of my Facebook and my Twitter and some something else, LinkedIn, I think, I forget. Um, and it uses those social networks to prove that I am who I say I am, right? The reason I ask is because lately I've been seeing a lot of things like there's a movement in Europe to um, uh, use blockchain to, uh, for power, like, um, or maybe it's a, a, like a currency of power or like, I mean, like, you know, gen, like power, like from the sun or from the wind or wind power, like, like actual energy. Right. And I see a lot of that too. And, and of course, because we're in banking with you, know, there, there's been a number of articles written about blockchain, I guess, for, for the whole validation part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. I just wondered if you guys are paying attention to that or playing around in it or whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I keep meaning to get deeper into it and find out more about it. Yeah. Well, I, I did, I did sort of look into uh, Bitcoin for a bit and apparently there was a, I guess a couple of years ago, uh, there was a whole bunch of Bitcoin and somebody hacked something and whole yeah. bunch of lost all their money, right. Or right. lost their virtual currencies. Yeah. If I recall, they didn't actually hack the Bitcoins themselves, but they hacked the electronic wallets that people use. Right. Yeah. Bitcoin. So yeah. So got it in that way. Yeah, it happened more than once to um, MT Gox or Mount Gox. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. MT period space G-O-X was one of the biggest ones that really hurt um, Bitcoin a year or two ago, I think. Right. But, uh, yeah. but it's rebounded. Um, it's actually pretty difficult right now to to get an entire Bitcoin. I mean, it's like 
five thousand ish dollars. Thousands of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're really talking more like milli bitcoins, one thousandth of a bitcoin for day to day transactional use. And if almost like shares of Berkshire Hathaway, right? If you're familiar with that, hmm. you know what that is. Berkshire Hathaway is is uh, Warren Buffett's company, right? Yeah, and the shares there's a very small number of shares out there. So you when you invest in it, you buy like one share, and it's worth I don't know what it's worth right now, but for a while it was worth you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for one share of these things. Well, look that up. Yeah, and, and to follow on with what you were saying, Tim, about uh, people using it for other things beyond. Um, you know, financial transactions like Bitcoin type things. I've seen people talking about using it for uh, tracking food, so food supply. So if they're like, oh no, something bad has happened to the Brussels sprouts, can we figure out what's <laughs> need to be recalled? Because right now they, they, they kind of guess at it a little bit, right? They try to be safe, and uh, that really depends on the, the correctness of records. Um, and, and something like blockchain could show, hey, look, th- this thing came from you know this farm, and then it went to this distributor, and then it went to these specific grocery stores, and it was actually sold. So it showed that sort of thing. And also, uh, kind of similarly minded is the use for um, tracking um, like conflict free min- minerals, like diamonds, for example, which also have their problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the authenticity of these certificates that are on here? You know, did these diamonds actually come from Canada or did they come from like the Congo? Yeah. Or the blood mines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So you want real time follow up and what the, what, what today's price for a Berkshire Hathaway st- uh, share is? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we guess first? I need to go $15,483. Okay. I mean, I'm going to go seven K. Okay. Well, if we're playing the price is right and and uh, the winner would be the closest without going over, it would be Tim, but he's not even close at Holy smokes. Two hundred and eighty three thousand thirty five. What Wow, I was I was thinking price is right rules. I was gonna yeah. vote a dollar and I'm yeah. that was the wrong <laughs> And usually they quote the daily volume and you know how many thousands of shares traded or something like that, or hundreds of thousands of shares. Yeah. Yeah. The daily volume today was 259. That's it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's normally, normally in, in like thousands, you say, when trading? No, no, for a regular stock, you know, like Apple stock, you know, it's right, the right. number of shares traded would be in the, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions. So what do you think of Bitcoin's worth today? I don't know. I haven't looked that up in a while. Probably. No, yeah. no make, do, you, do your prices right guess. I got it okay. right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to guess uh, $600. Jaime? No, I, I I think it's uh, without going over. I think it's like forty five hundred. Really? Oh, is it that high, really? Yeah, because I saw it recently was at five thousand. And granted, oh. it has huge swings up and down, but fifty seven hundred and eighty eight U.S. dollars. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was afraid to go five thousand because I thought it might be below again. Hmm. Yeah. No, I bought a, a couple. Few, I guess about four months ago, I bought twenty dollars worth of Bitcoin or, or twenty dollars worth, and it and it like. It, went up to like 30 in like a week. So I don't even know what it is today. So I, I can't even remember how to get, find out where my balance is. I have an app on my phone and I use Authy to get into it, I think. Right. <laughs> no, I just wonder what, what this whole, what this is all about. Like, cause it's, uh, it's interesting stuff. I'm, and like I said, I've been seeing more and more stuff about blockchain and, and Bitcoin kind of, there are other kind of currencies out there that are coming up, I guess, using the same sort of idea as, as Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. So the two are, Bitcoin and blockchain are, are of course, related, but yeah. but uh, 
blockchain is a real thing, serious technology. Bitcoin is a kind of still kind of a speculative thing that happens to use that technology. So right, blockchain yeah. has very, very high credibility. Bitcoin depends who you ask, right? It may or may not. Yeah, but I mean, the competitor right now is, or I guess the, for Mindshare, the released is uh, Ethereum that people are really interested in. Ethereum? What do you mean? It, it, so imagine it as the Pepsi to Bitcoin's Coke. Oh, it's another... Uh, another um, digital currency. Oh, look, there's an Ethereum exchange in Canada. Coinsquare.io. Huh. Um, All so, right. Well, let, let's, yeah. let's um, since I have it right in front of me, and granted, this is coming from coingecko.com, so I'm going to assume yeah. they're, they're reputable for this. What do you think the translation is between U.S. dollars to Ethereum? <laughs> Great uh, name. I like this idea. Six hundred. Any number is good. <laughs> Six hundred bucks. Okay, and then I think Ethereum is less established than Bitcoin, so maybe not quite as bubbly. So I'm going to say two hundred bucks. All right, and closest without going over, uh, that would be you, Mark, at two hundred ninety-seven dollars and six cents. Hmm. And how long has it been around? I haven't the slightest clue. I have to look that up. Yeah, it looks like you do a whole podcast on Bitcoins all together. I just posted. I posted a link that is a looks initial good. release. I haven't of- actually read this, but called What is Blockchain Technology? Kind of an introduction. Mm-hmm. Well, according to Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, Bitcoin is better than gold. Then again, he's probably using his, his throwing around money. <laughs> right. <laughs> These tulip bulbs are really great. <laughs> so yeah. the guy has a boatload yeah. of them. <laughs> um, a kid, a kid. But according here, Tim, to answer your question, according to Wikipedia, the initial release was July 30th, 2015. Oh, Although, it was Ethereum. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although it was initially proposed in late 2013. Right. Right. Yeah. But I'm looking at this, this I'm looking at, there's uh, at least 15 different kinds of cryptocurrencies here. Bitcoin, Litecoin, blockchain, which I don't know why that would be a thing. A ripple Dogecoin. Those are the ones that Greg's heavily invested in uh, dash, the Bitcoin network, NEM, pure, pure coin, U.S. dollar is up here as well. I, that's, I, I wouldn't have much faith in that one. Uh, Potcoin, guess what that one's based on? Mm-hmm. Interplanetary file system mark. There you go. Yeah. Blackcoin, TradingView, Slack. Slack, why is that here? Euros, Next, Primecoin, Node.js. That seems to be some sort of <laughs> Microsoft Azure. I think uh, their their engine is, uh, there's, there's, their affinity engine's a bit out of whack here. Gridcoin and Pound Sterling. Those are all considered uh, things that people also search for when they search for Bitcoin. Very strange. Hmm. Yeah, I was, I was also looking up something else. I don't know if you, do you guys remember pre, Pretty Good Privacy, PGP? Sure. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do you, I used to have a, a PGP ID. And I don't know what, what I've done with it. It was years ago. It was probably 10 or 15 years ago, right? Um, how do you get one or how do you use one? I mean, I know how to use one, but have you, uh, do you have one, Mark? No, I don't. PGP. I think it was bought by Symantec, and I can't figure for life me figure out how to get uh, get one. I'm sure if it's connected to Samsung or Symantec. Who did I say? Symantec. Symantec. The, the, the antivirus. The antivirus. People. The antivirus. Yeah, antivirus people. They own PGP right now. Um, uh, I just I couldn't remember how to get a uh, get one. Right. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. Weird, weird stuff. Are you asking because you want another one? Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, because I, I saw a site where it asked me to put one in, and I, I thought I had a website, or I thought I had a link on my site that said, this is my ID or whatever, right, my public key. 
because you'd have a public key and a private key. There used to be an app called PGP that you could use on your Mac, but that might have been in the classic Mac days, now that I think about it. So it looks like they were acquired by Network Associates in 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but then in 2002, several ex-PGP team members formed a new company called PGP Corporation and bought the assets from Network Associates. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then later in 2010, Symantec did buy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't say what they did with it. Right. Yeah, Phil Zimmerman was the guy who came up with it. Oh, okay. PGP Desktop is now known as Symantec Encryption Desktop. Oh, really? And the PGP Universal Server is now known as Symantec Encryption Management Server. The current shipping versions are Symantec Encryption Desktop 10.3.0 for Windows and Mac and Symantec Encryption Server 3.3.2. So I guess if you want one, you write a check to Symantec. Yeah, pretty much. Or use Bitcoin. Oh, you can use Bitcoin? Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The whole idea behind PGP at the time was it was free, right? It was sort of a way of of making sure that people, you know, on the internet could trust that you were who you said you were again, right? So it's like that. So you basically you have sort of a self-signed certificate. Is that, yeah. is that essentially how it works? Yeah, you have. So you you have a private key that you. Well, it's signed by PGP, or it was signed by PGP. So you have a private key yourself, and then and then you have a public key. So I would basically send you an email and and sign it with my PGP. And then you would know that it was in fact me sending it an email, right? Because you would have my public key, and, and you couldn't you couldn't decrypt it the message unless uh, unless I sent it to you. In fact, I think this is part of the plot of Cryptonomicrons, wasn't it? About sending encrypted emails to each other. Remember Cryptonomicron? There was like three yeah. or four guys in a group. I read that book probably at least twenty years ago, so I don't really. Remember. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, because I, I, I remember a friend of mine, uh, Gino, and I used to send each other. We tr- we were playing around with it when it first came out. Yeah, I thought I'll probably have to dig up my old uh, archived Macs and find out where my key was because I don't think it made it over to my uh, my OS ten machine. Things you forget about. Yeah, reading through the Wikipedia or quickly browsing through the Wikipedia page for PGP kind of takes me back in time. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember when this was like a huge deal as we were at least in the United States dealing with this whole encryption thing for the very first time at the national level of like, well, does this violate? you know, like ITAR and munitions rules and all sorts of things because the internet was becoming like a real thing people tended to mm-hmm. use outside of academia and outside of uh, military and government. It shows here a, a court case, a criminal investigation where PGP encryption found its way outside the United States. And in February 1993, uh, the creator Zimmerman became the formal target of a criminal investigation by the U.S. Really? government for munitions export without a license. Hmm. Hmm. And this is why every time you submit your app to the app store, you have to check off that box about encryption and export compliance. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, Tim, do you have to do that in Canada? For what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to click that box? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, because we're publishing to the United States, right? Yeah, true. We also have to do something with the um, IRS, too. There's a W-8 something or other form that we have to fill out. The reason I'm thinking about that is because I think mine is due for renewal soon. So if we if we do any work for anybody in the United States, you know, but we don't want to pay tax in the United States, right? Um, we have to fill out this form to say that we're not, you know, not cashing it in in the United States, as it were. Yeah, lots of fun. All right, folks, I got to go watch Mr. Robot now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of which... <laughs>
because he's on Wednesday nights. Yeah, just like there's um, seasons to the year. Yeah. There are also seasons to your watching where I remember not that long ago, you had to go watch Fargo, which apparently that's right, over. Yeah. Now Mr. Robot has come. Yeah. Fargo was on, um, was, uh, they just had a bunch of Fargo marathons on uh, FX, right? So you could have watched, uh, you could have binge watched them. And I think Fargo's on, Netflix, it's on, well, it's on my Netflix up here. I don't know if you guys get it down there in the Itazuni, as we like to say in Quebec. I don't think it's on the American Netflix yet, which bothers me. I would like to watch Fargo. Really? Oh. Yeah, it was really good. It was, I mean, there's one with, um, oh, Martin, what's his name from The Office? And, you know, the English guy who played uh, Watson on the Sherlock show. Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, yeah. He's, he was on one year with him and Bobby, Billy Bob Thornton. And then uh, the next year was uh, one of the Carradines and, um, oh, who was that one? The latest one was really good. Was was um, Ewan McGregor played a, played twin brothers on this latest episode, latest version. And it's funny the stories are all interwoven. Like the each season is kind of connected to the other seasons, but not in a way that you would conventionally think. So I'm not going to spoil it for you, <laughs> just to say they're connected. Cool. I look forward this weekend to um, Stranger Things becoming available. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's coming out, right? So are we going to mm-hmm. binge watch that, or what are we doing? <laughs> it's going to be so tough. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see if I can convince uh, my fiancé to binge watch it this weekend just so I don't have to avoid social media. Yeah, so so yeah, it's it's kind of a weird sort of thing. As, you know, we were talking about that on previous, is, is that I think binge watching is, is just odd still, right? I mean, I've done it. I did it with Breaking Bad when Jonathan brought me the DVDs, right? I sat down and I mean, I'd watched a few of the first season and the second season, but I hadn't really sort of caught up and I was behind a few seasons. So he brought me like season three and four. And, and then I just had to watch them every, every week when they came out, right? But yeah, it's kind of a time suck when you binge watch though, right? You have to really sort of invest in that, you know? Yeah. I mean, let's see. What were there like 13 episodes? Um, of, if you split that across uh, of the original Stranger Things. Mm. Mm-hmm, Maybe mm-hmm. it was only eight. Was it only eight episodes? I forgot how many it had. So, oh. I mean, that's eight. Uh, let's pretend it's like 10 hours just to split the difference. Yeah. Right. You can split that over two days. Yeah. I think, I, I think I watched it over three or four days. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I think I watched a couple of maybe one or two episodes a night kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's so easy. Just, you know, Netflix automatically starts up right as, you know, before the titles have even finished running. Right. Oh, next episode starts in 32 seconds. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can't reach the remote. Yeah. But then did you hear that Fats Domino died? No. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's like today or day before? Day, I think, yeah. Wow. Huh. I'm, I'm actually surprised he was still alive because he's, you know, yeah, he's a long sure. time ago. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He was like one of the first um, 50s tunes, right? Right, right. Like, uh, uh, was it Blueberry Hill? I found my thrill in Blueberry Hill. You know, it's funny. We were talking about Gord Downey on, on the last show of um, Spotcast just a few minutes ago. And um, we were saying that, like, like just to put it in perspective, there's like 34 million Canadians. And when the last concert was public was being broadcast live from Kingston, Ontario, home of Gone Downey and the Tragically Hip. 11 million people watched it. Wow. One, one, in, three, one in three Canadians. Yeah, exactly. Wow. You know, and then wow. people have been just, you know, pouring out all kinds of emotion over the last week. You know, it was a week ago this uh, Wednesday that he died, right? And there's been all kinds of stuff, you know, like some of his, his uh, TV sh- movies came out and, and uh, some of his works and he just put out an album just before he died kind of thing about the uh, First Nations people of Canada and the abuses they suffered. Um, yeah, oh, kind I of a big thing. We're trying to figure out, like, so who, like, what what sort of musician in America could have that kind of impact if, you know, if they knew, like, you know, came down with cancer and they were going to do, like, a last tour or go all across the country 
Who do you think would who would uh, um, have that well, kind of draw? I'm not a fan, but Michael Jackson probably would have had that kind of draw. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I said too. Like it, I was like, "Ooh, who who's alive left?" Because yeah, you could have had Prince. Um, subsequently, I've started to wonder if Madonna could do the same. Yeah, I don't think so. Not Madonna. Well, Elvis yeah, would have. Elvis, like, Elvis for sure would have. Yeah. yeah, and I think any Beatle. <laughs> yeah, Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not Ringo. <laughs> what about like Stevie Wonder? He'd have pretty good draw, but maybe not that much draw. Really? I think. So I what know. about what about like Springsteen or or uh, Bob Dylan? Maybe. Yeah, Bob Dylan. Maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking at stats here. Uh, a couple year old stats, but it's Super Bowl viewers will get you 111 ish uh, million viewers. It's about yeah. as close to a, a one third of the population. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. But they're not—they're not tuning in specifically for the musician. They're tuning in people. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, right. Not for the halftime. I mean, just in terms of like, I, I'm trying to think of anything that could get one third of the population of the United <laughs> oh, States right. all watching. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's Domino was like—I uh, don't remember oh. when the stock market crash happened, but he was alive <laughs> prior to it happening, uh, at least a, you know about a year before. Oh, the first one. Yeah, because uh, it was in 1929, right? Yeah. 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 He was What's born February 26, 1928. When we remember. 1920, 1928, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same year as my mother. Interesting. Wow, seen a lot. So he was just about to turn 90 or... or huh. Actually, that's not... I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean given about. the era he was born in, though, like, yeah. people, you know, died of heart attacks in their 50s. Yeah. People born in 1928. That's true. Well, I mean, Tom Petty just died in his 50s, didn't he? Wasn't he 50? 66. 66. Oh, okay, yeah, still. Yeah, but when, when, was, uh, when was Tom Petty born, though? I don't know, 66 years ago. <laughs> can't do the maths in my head at this point in time. It's yeah. crazy. 19, October 20th, 1950. Yeah, 50s, yeah. That's different. I mean, you know, that's post-war era. It's yeah. in, a, in a boom time. Yep. Yeah. Atomic age. Making babies, man. Making babies. Okay, I still have to go watch uh, Mr. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you guys later. All right. Talk yeah. to you later. Bye.